Hey, Mid-Cities, let me tell you about Kenny and Joyce Copeland. They're coming from the pew to you. Kenny and Joyce have been around Mid-Cities a long time, 17 years for Kenny, 21 for Joyce. They were married right here in this church, and I had the privilege of officiating their wedding years ago. Uh, these guys have four kids together, uh, Kent, Kyle, Colby, and Brody, two incredible daughter-in-law, Stephanie and Maggie, and then three grandkids. Uh, Kenny, you may have seen him around Albertsons in Odessa over the years, working, he's been a manager there. He started out as a bagger many, 45 years ago, just retired this last year. Uh, these guys have served faithfully at Mid-Cities. They uh, specifically serve serving marriages and helping marriages. In our marriage prep class, they help lead that. Um, they've both led Bible studies various times throughout the community and here at the church. Uh, and I'm so grateful for them. And as they come to share with you, one of the things I thought about with Kenny and Joyce is they're an incredible example of making remarriage work. And the, they both came together uh, as existing families together. And God has done something awesome in them and in their family. Uh, and I'm so proud of them. They're going to share some of their story with you today. Can you welcome from the pew to you, Kenny and Joyce Copeland. Well, good morning. Pastor Daniel wanted us to talk about how God restores families. We are a blended family, and with that comes his kids, my kids, his ex-wife, my ex-husband, his family and friends, and my family and friends. And all of that can be messy. It's like two worlds colliding. A little background about our lives is we both came out of brokenness, we're both divorced, and we both have or came from divorced families. I was married for 10 years. I was divorced for 14 years, and I was a single mom. Most of those 14 years, I was living for the world. I knew about Jesus and had some very real experiences with him as a kid, but it wasn't until my 30s that I surrendered my life to him. I started not liking myself, and I wanted change. The Lord began to put godly people in my life and take out all the worldly influences. That was a hard season for me because I felt all alone and confused. The Lord took me through a season of just he and I. He took me to, through a time of healing my heart and teaching me I needed him to be first in my life and he needed to be my father and he needed to be my husband. One day he revealed Genesis 2.18 to me, for it is not good for man to be alone, for he will make you a helpmate. I was so excited because I was beginning to trust his word and I lear was learning how to stand on his promises, but I still needed some healing. During one of my quiet times, the Lord revealed to me that um, I needed to forgive my earthly father. I was struggling with does God love me? You know, I had a, a wonderful, the best stepfather in the whole wide world. So I just couldn't understand why I still needed to forgive my earthly father. But long story short, I needed to forgive him for abandoning and neglecting me when I was young. And when I did forgive him, the love of the father became real to me. I was viewing my relationship with my earthly father, with my heavenly father. And trust me, they're not the same. 
I also needed to forgive myself. Another time I stood on God's promises is Kenny and I weren't married not even two years, and we were told that he needed triple emergency triple bypass surgery. He had what was called a widow maker. I literally put my Bible on the floor and stood on it and just stood and prayed Psalm 91. Two years after that, my mom had a stroke, and I took care of her for 13 years. Taking care of elderly parents is a hard season, too, but God was still doing things in my heart. We depended on God's grace to get us through that season. God is always writing our story. I was married for 20 years, building my own kingdom, and I never saw myself as being divorced. But my world came crashing down, and through my divorce, I received uh, a good counsel from wise friends that helped me along, and also with uh, spending all my time with Jesus. I couldn't do this on my own. He was holding my hand as I went through it, and I too had father issues. Uh, growing up, and I really struggled with trusting people. And in 2005, God brought Kenny into my life. We both had similar stories growing up, and divorce was all over our families. But God was still faithful, and he wasn't finished with our story. Kenny thought I would be his coffee buddy or his lady friend. But God had other plans. We dated a year and got engaged. We wanted this marriage to work, so we signed up for the marriage prep class at Mid-Cities. And Rick and Tanya, they were our teachers, and they poured into our lives. One thing they stressed, and we have never forgotten, is they said, never say or threaten the D word, divorce. We wanted Pastor Daniel to marry us, so we met with him for pre-marriage counseling. He asked us, why do you think your marriage is going to last? Well, we thought we had all the right answers. We'd go to church, we'd do Bible studies, we'd serve, we'd pray. He said, well, all that's good, but have you ever thought about forgiveness? Again, that wisdom has settled into our hearts. We have held on to that word since that day. About three years into our marriage, Pastor Tom asked us if we wanted to be mentors in the marriage prep class. And we were asking ourselves, why would God use us in marriage ministry? We're both divorced and we're blended. But we said yes, and little did we know how many couples have come through our class that have similar stories. We still mentor, and we have been teaching the fall class for about 10 years now. This class gives us the tools on what to expect out of marriage. We not only give out in that class, but we receive from the couples and the mentors as well. And it reminds us every time how much we need to die to self in our own marriage. We believe in allowing healthy people pour into our marriage and into our life. We have older couples and we have younger couples that we allow to pour into us. Family is also very important to us. We love making memories with our kids and our grandkids. We spend good quality family time together. You see, we are a biblical family. We are just as jacked up as the families in the Bible. 
We've been through some storms, but during those storms, the Lord gave us a scripture years ago, and we still pray it and we declare it over our family to this day. And it's Colossians 3, 12 through 19. Since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes through Christ rule in your hearts and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all of its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual song to God with a thankful heart. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus given thanks through him to God our Father. You know, a hundred years ago, parents had lots of children. And today, kids have lots of parents. Church family, can I be real with you? Our marriages are under attack. And why is that? They're under attack because marriage is God's idea, not man's. And you know what he hates? He hates divorce. Divorce is one of the most powerful weapons our enemy uses to cause division and destroy families. And for me personally, it was the hardest season I'd ever been through. I had no idea what my boys were even going through. I couldn't change my past, but I can change my story about my past. Before asking for Joyce's hand in marriage, I went to her sons for permission, and I let them know I wasn't coming in to be their father. They already had a father. I just wanted to love their mother. I showed respect to her sons because up until then, they were the men of the house. I shared with them that I was privileged to be a part of her home. And with privilege brings responsibility and responsibility, accountability. Up to that point, I pretty much made my own decisions in life. And it didn't work out so well. So I reached out to God for direction for my new marriage. And to do this, I needed a couple of things. I needed the word of God and I needed the Holy Spirit. There was a transformation that needed to take place. And he showed me by spending time in his word daily and depending on the Holy Spirit for guidance, that transformation would happen. And I'd like to share with you three things the Lord has taught us in our marriage. The first one is forgiveness. We heard one time that people don't fall out of love. They fall out of forgiveness. And this is so hard for us to do because we want to hold on to our offenses we learn to forgive through different trials, and sometimes it just takes time. But we don't let it stay there. When I refuse to forgive, what I'm doing is I'm placing myself as a higher judge than God himself. We learn that God forgives us, and surely we can forgive each other. 
It doesn't come natural. So we depend on the supernatural. So who gains the most from the forgiveness? The person that is forgiving. You know, the heart of every problem is the problem of the heart. And when this happens in the heart, peace emerges. The Holy Spirit is able to dwell in us ungrieved and help us to look more like Jesus. Another point I want to share with you is dying to self. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, how are you loving your wife? And what are you giving up? Ephesians 5.33 However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects and honors her husband. Wives, are you respecting and honoring your husband? You see, the number one addiction that marriages are facing today, it's not uh, adultery or alcoholism or drugs. It's being right. I've seen so many couples argue over the smallest of issues. John Maxwell, author and pastor and motivational speaker, he claimed that when he got married, that all the arguments that he and his wife had, he won. And about a, while, a year and a half into the marriage, one day, as he was winning all the arguments, his wife turned to him and said, John, you might be winning all the fights, but you're losing my love. And that stuck with him. And at that point, he had to make a decision. That also stuck with Joyce and I. We have learned to disagree. And it's okay as long as you fight the fair fight. We don't say you always or you never fill in the blank. If there's an issue with Joyce that bothers me, I don't pray God change Joyce. I pray God change me and how I feel about it. If I ask God to change Joyce, in a sense, I'm telling God, you made a few mistakes when you made this model right here, so I'm going to help you out on this a little bit. <laughs> God wants us to focus our prayers on ourselves for change and not for others. So this works for me, and I find myself not being so critical of Joyce when I'm focused on me. I have to remember that how I treat my wife behind closed doors because I picture my heavenly father-in-law in the room with me. And what's more important, being right or the relationship? When I don't get my way, I have to remember it is not about me, but about Jesus. When I surrender all to Jesus, I have to remember I'm on assignment. And he's not, growing his, not only growing his kingdom, he's growing Kenny. Humility means you don't care who's right. The greatest picture of marriage is two servants in love. An ugly picture of marriage is two selfish people in love. Another point I want to share with you that God has helped Joyce and I in our marriage is prayer. 
When prayer is involved in every area of our marriage, this pleases our Father. We go to Him for everything, small and big. We pray alone. We pray together. We make time for prayer. We schedule prayer. And we pray spontaneously. And have even prayed in the middle of a heated discussion. We've seen so many walls come down. Financial breakthrough. Relationships restored. Healing and miracles in our own 16 years of marriage. And we feel that when we pray together, it's a time of intimacy. You see, we have a prodigal who we didn't talk to for over seven years. But out of the blue, one day he called. And God is restoring our relationship right now. I encourage you to never stop praying. There were times when I wanted to give up and stop praying because I wasn't seeing any kind of change. But God said, Kenny, if not you, then who? Even when we don't see it, God is working between the lines. You know, we try to schedule trips away often uh, where we're alone as a couple, and we pray over our future and our, our family, our ministry, our friends, and our finances. We also allow ourselves to have fun. This helps us moving forward in our marriage. We still have issues that come up in our family, but we don't let it get us down or pull us apart. We pray. I've been given this mantle as a spiritual leader, uh, as a husband and father, to fight for my family. I provide the covering for my family in prayer. And I must be pure in heart and mind. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure at heart, for they will see God. And as a little bonus, I'd like to share with you some good advice that I received from my earthly father-in-law. I said, what advice can you share with me on marriage? He looked up and he said, let her drive. <laughs> let us pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the gift of marriage and family. Forgive us for holding on to unforgiveness. Help us to forgive those we need to forgive. And Lord, those who don't know your love, would you reveal it to them? We need you, Holy Spirit, to lead us in truth of what our role is in marriage and how we can be the example to our family and to this dark world. I pray for protection over the marriages and families in this church. And may we filter all our thoughts, desires, words, and actions through the understanding that you continually examine our ways. Your word says that a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a threefold cord is not easily broken. We can't do this on our own. We need you, Jesus. I speak life, I speak healing, and I speak love into the marriages and families here today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.